Hello, my friends. This is Donna, and today's topic is energy and how it works. We need to talk about the basics of energy because Diana and I will use concepts like frequency and vibration in many or even most of our other topics. Once you understand energetic frequency or vibration, you have the foundation to better understand our world and how it works, and then explore what's beyond or behind or within it. Nikola Tesla was born in 1856 in Croatia and died in 1943 in New York. I like studying him because he spent time in Colorado Springs, which is my hometown, and did some fascinating experiments. Thomas Edison oversaw and hired great numbers of scientists and inventors to produce much of America's early technology. Tesla, however, is the father of the much more advanced technology, much of which we use today. Tesla stated this, If you want to find the secrets of the universe, think in terms of energy, frequency, and vibration. Those words, energy, frequency, and vibration, are what we are going to be talking about today. Energy is the very general word that we use to describe the basic building block for all that exists. Every energy particle and subatomic particle moves, and we call that movement a vibration. The rate or speed of that vibration is what we call frequency. Hertz H-E-R-T-Z is the standard unit of measurement used for measuring the frequency or rate of vibration. And since frequency is measured in cycles per second, one hertz equals one cycle per second. Hertz is commonly used to measure sound waves and light waves and radio waves. For example, the average human ear can detect sound waves between 20 and 20,000 hertz. Sound waves close to 20 hertz have a low pitch. We would call them like the bass, <laughs> the bass frequencies. Sound waves about 5,000 hertz have a high pitch, and we call those the treble frequencies. Hertz, of course, is used to measure wave frequencies, but it's also used today to measure the speed of computer processors. And a quick word about watts. A watt is the unit we use to measure the power of energy or to quantify the rate of energy transfer. <laughs> All this talk of watts and hertz has back to the future going through my head. Remember that quote by Dr. Brown? 1.21 gigawatts? 1.21 gigawatts? Great, Scott! <laughs> they were pronouncing what we would say perhaps gigawatts with a soft G, gigawatts. Anyway. We have attached lots of words to what is simply energy vibrating at various frequencies. An apple has a frequency and its color, whether it's red or green or yellow, is part of the frequency of the apple's skin versus a different frequency of its flesh, which looks white usually and tastes different than the skin. And then there are its seeds and its stem, etc. A rock has frequency, as do various plastics that we humans create from chemicals. Our emotions have frequency, and our thoughts have frequency. These words themselves that I am saying, whether I speak them or write them or just think them, are their own energetic vibrations. 
Quantum mechanics is the part of physics that explains the various types of subatomic particles which make up atoms and how they work. Quantum mechanics also explains how electromagnetic waves like light work. This is also called quantum physics or quantum theory. I want to quote from an article at uh, theconsciouslifestylemagazine.com online, an article titled, Everything is Energy Illusion Reality. Early in the 20th century, the unquestioned assumption that the physical universe is actually physical led to a scientific search for the elementary point particle upon which all life is built, which would prove that reality was not an illusion. But as soon as scientists began smashing electrons and other particles in enormous accelerators, they quickly realized the foundations of the physical world weren't physical at all, that everything is energy, end quote. Now, any quantum physicist will think that I'm using baby words here. <laughs> and to be fair, they always sound like they're speaking Greek to me. <laughs> so I'm just going to say up front, this is my very brief description of significant things that science experiments have shown about energy in very plain English, because I needed this very, very simplified to even begin to understand it all. Everything that exists, with or without form, when reduced to its most basic element, is just energy, which is light that moves in waves or light that acts like particles. We'll talk about duality in, a, in other episodes, but that is, a, that is just one form of duality. We have waves and we have uh, particles when it even comes to energy. The behavior of things like muons and gluons and quarks and Higgs boson, which is also called the God particle, and other subatomic components differ. The behavior differs to make the particles interact or bind to form protons and electrons and tauons, atoms, cells, and then eventually we get larger material objects like apples or water or hummingbirds. Particles can be in multiple states at the same time and in multiple places at the same time. Particles behave differently when observed by a human consciousness and depending on who is the consciousness observing them. Particles can behave in an infinite number of ways. When elementary particles interact and become entwined, this is called quantum entanglement. And once particles entangle, they are forever connected by some invisible force. Here's an example, and once again here I'm quoting from the same article at ConsciousLifestyleMagazine.com. Uh, an article titled, Everything is Energy Illusion Reality. Replicated studies show that living cells can instantly communicate over distances. One of the simplest experiments involves a batch of algae cells grown in a petri dish. After a few days, the cells are divided into two batches. One batch remains in the original dish and the rest of the cells are whisked away to a different laboratory. When the original group of cells is stimulated by a low voltage current, the separated group of cells in the lab miles away reacts in precisely the same way to the same degree 
at the exact same instant that the stimulated cells react to the charge. And when the separated batch is stimulated, the home team cells react instantaneously as well. End quote. So quantum entanglement is starting to explain bits of why things change through correlation and equalization, which has led to studies on, wait for it, time. (laughs) Yes. Current studies and theories seem to point to particles and waves being at their core pure abstract information. And this platonic information is embedded in everything. This is active information because it's always in a state of flux. It's always changing. Everything that exists contains the information for everything else that exists. This concept is called a microcosm of the macrocosm. Science is starting to reveal that energy itself is more of an idea or, another word we could use, is illusion a matrix more than it is solid or physical. Once again, energy in all its varying forms vibrates. It's in a constant state of motion. And the rate or the speed of that vibration is what we call frequency. Looking at our environment or ourselves, our thought processes, everything in our reality has a frequency and whatever we connect or interact with affects our human body frequency, as well as our emotional and spiritual and mental, every level of our existence is impacted by whatever we connect or interact with, probably having to do with quantum entanglement. So I first learned about applying this whole concept of energetic frequencies when I learned about essential oils. Attending my first class-style introduction to essential oils quite a few years ago, I learned that the essential oils are effective because people have figured out what the frequency of each type of plant essence is and what the frequency of healthy human body organs or systems are and even what frequency the different emotions are. So a specific frequency essential oil will balance or raise the frequency of an unhealthy body system to what it's supposed to be. Certain essential oils can balance or raise lower frequency emotions by introducing higher frequencies. Understanding frequency allows us to choose much of how our own frequency is impacted impacted externally by other people in our environments and what we eat or drink or breathe, and internally impacted by our thoughts, our emotions, and our beliefs. So when we begin to understand that, our state of being becomes something that we can choose, something we can work with when we are out of balance or experiencing lower frequencies than what we want to. So at its very core, all energy that is really just information and light is what we might call divine source or even God, that which is infinite or has no beginning and no end. And we have a whole episode devoted to God. I think we are calling it God source and creator God or something like that. (laughs) Something close. 
energy can be changed in all kinds of ways, but it's said that it cannot be destroyed. So we can dissolve things and burn things and split atoms and completely transform or create different things, but ultimately the basic energy building blocks don't go away, they only change form. When I talk about how we humans create, the more accurate word would be recreate because we are using materials or energy that already exists. We just give a specific form and substance. In studying this, which is called the first thermodynamic law of physics, I personally still question it because it presupposes a closed system, and I have my doubts that we are actually in a closed system. But I digress, and so let's get back to the topic. (laughs) Of all of this, I find it most fascinating that quantum mechanics is now demonstrating that all energy, every single building block that exists, is actually information. And I talk a lot about microcosms and macrocosms in other topics. This concept that says every single thing that exists contains the information for the entire cosmos. According to quantum mechanics, this is a scientific truth. So how does understanding all this energy talk help us in our day-to-day life? Well, let me just run through a few ways here. And I'm probably going to jump rather wildly around and quickly (laughs) from subject to subject because the whole purpose of this is just to get your thought processes going so that you can explore ultimately how this information can serve you in your life. Sickness. Sickness, for instance, is a very low or slow frequency. When you keep your body and your mind at a high frequency with things like gratitude practice and stress reduction in getting enough sleep and drinking good water and eating healthy foods, and maybe prayer or meditation, it keeps you literally too high in frequency to get sick. You might start noticing you get sick when you are stressed or when you are having a lot of lower frequency emotions such as anger or grief, or when you're not hydrated and eating well or have otherwise crippled your immune system in any way. Every day, you come in contact with bacteria and and viruses that could make you sick. And most of the time, your body gets rid of them without you even knowing it. It's when your body is unable to deal with these germs that you get sick. And although, of course, there are many causes of your body frequency being lowered, this in itself is the underlying problem when you get sick, that that your body is a low enough frequency. It's not just the germs. Refined or highly processed foods like sugar and boxed or canned foods are considered dead on the energetic scale. What's more helpful to you, what's more helpful to your body is live foods, or another term that we use is whole foods. These are things that are alive, like fruits and vegetables. Um, And and these are optimal because, of course, their energetic frequencies are high. Grains, meats, animal fats, and other products play a part. But because diet is so individualized as far as what each one of us needs, I cannot tell you what's best for you because it's different for each and every one of us. Here's what you need to know in terms of food frequency. 
what we put into our body will directly raise or lower our physical frequency via each organ and body system, which then determines how much energy we have and what type of energy we have and what stress we experience and whether or not our immune system can function well. The frequency of every material object in our environment, such as our homes or our offices or our cars, prompts the more sensitive among us to become minimalist. See if you can begin to sense the frequencies of the objects in your environment, such as furniture made from uh, composites or plastics versus those made from real wood or from metal or from stone. And begin to feel consciously what clutter clutter frequency is like versus organization or clear spaces. And let's talk about words, frequencies of words. Complaining, gossiping, and slander are examples of words you say or hear that are low frequency, and they have physical effects on both the speaker and the listeners. Contrast that with praise and gratitude or discussing new learnings or ideas. Affirmations are very popular because they are a quick way to raise your own frequency. Playing, playing such as what children do, playing is high frequency because it involves such things as relaxation and imagination and creativity and laughter. Spend time, if you can, listening to or interacting with children. They are, of course, a much purer um, form of humanity, which would be to say they are more in love, they're, more cl- uh, they're closer to their core love nature. And therefore, children tend to be a, a higher frequency than adults do. Why do you think we love babies <laughs> so much? Chemicals. Chemicals tend to be low or even negative frequencies. Any way that you can, try and swap out chemicals for natural things, whether it's in your cleaning products, your body care products, your medications, or things like pesticides. There are natural alternatives to just about everything. I don't think I have anything I've come across in life that I come in contact with, my body comes in contact with, that I have not been able to swap out for something much more natural and a higher frequency. Here's an interesting one. Fluorescent lighting. Fluorescent lighting is actually very low frequency. I have a friend who calls them angry lights because he begins to feel angry after sitting under them. I personally get super tired and often pissed off as well, When I, for instance, shop for too long because most stores use fluorescent lights in my offices, all the different offices I've ever had, I have always turned them off and used either daylight or lamps instead. And what's interesting is then other people like my bosses and my coworkers began to follow my lead because then they could feel the difference too once I explained this concept to them. This can make a real difference if you get headaches often And the reason is, the reason why fluorescent lighting affects us so much is because our bodies, like everything on earth, are designed to take in sunlight. 
Sunlight is healing and, and nurturing to us. We absorb any type of light quickly. So our lower frequency spectrums of artificial lights that we humans have created can really affect us negatively because we take any light in, whether it's good for us or not good for us. The lights of computer and TV screens affect our frequencies too. I get super jittery after a long time spent in front of my laptop, and I actually keep the screen light turned down as far as I can because that helps. There is an entire education to be had on what our electronics give off, which is called positive ions. The positive ions actually throw us out of balance. Nature gives off negative ions, which is why the ocean or the forest feels so very balancing and calming and revitalizing to us. So that's just that's all I'm going to say about that, positive and negative ions, but it's a whole study in and of itself. TV shows, music, the news, movies, video games, and books all have frequencies as well, and they affect ours when we take them in. Violence, as you may have guessed, has quite a negative frequency. Rob Bell does a a great podcast episode. I think it's titled The Lie of Redemptive Violence or something close. And that's a great take on violence as our society views it and uses it. Art. Art in all of its forms, of course, has frequencies. Beauty and creativity is very high vibration, which is why art can can give or cause great joy, great appreciation. Living things like plants and flowers and flowing water, trees, of course, and animals, all of nature, even rocks, are energetically high frequency. Remember, nature gives off negative ions, which we need. So with this, you could think about how uh, it, it can raise your mood to spend time with a pet or how we give flowers for sympathy or to symbolize our love to someone. Roses are actually one of the highest frequency things that we know of, which is probably why they symbolize love. And think about things how our cities are ousting forests. And as that continually grows and um, impacts us, It seems as if our populations are feeling less calm and perhaps even less happy. It's all an interplay of energy. The highest frequency that exists is unconditional love, or what I would call divine love. Things like grace and wisdom, joy, generosity, beauty, and imagination are some other super high frequencies. So think about the ways that you can practice these or bring them in or create them to raise your own frequency. Albert Einstein says this, everything is energy and that's all there is to it. This is not philosophy, this is science. Okay, I am going to stop here for this episode, and I know Diana is going to do one with a whole lot more concepts and uses for this whole idea around energy, frequency, and vibration. 
Your additional resources are Deepak Chopra has a book called The Book of Secrets, Unlocking the Hidden Dimensions of Your Life, in which he discusses some of these concepts and then way, way more concepts in greater depth. In, uh, on YouTube, YouTube, there is a TEDx talk by a Leo Cowenhoven. I'm going to spell that for you, the last name, K-O-U-W-E-N-H-O-V-E-N. It's called Spooky Physics. <laughs> and that's a good start, and that can lead you to, of course, an unlimited amount of talks by many, many brilliant people if you're interested in learning more along the lines of physics and quantum mechanics and things like that. Remember to visit our author website at ddadair.com. That's D-D-A-D-A-I-R.com. And let us know what specific questions you have about this um, or any of the other information that we share. Also, you can sign up for an email notification at our website if you would like to know when our Atlantis book series is published later this year. Thank you so much for your time today. Many blessings on you and blessings on your day.